0: Well, what's going on everybody hello yo thanks for stopping in we got another podcast for you coming in hot i couldn't tell you the number but we've been going for pushing a year so happy almost a year buddy yeah sweet hey well we got a uh, jason newberry from parker McCollum's camp what's going on man what's up hey, how y'all doing man doing well we're good dude snowy kentucky that's right and uh, apparently snowy texas so
1: no no snow just all the cold temperatures man so all right you'll get oh. some yeah.
0: right you usually get like a dusting right
1: yeah, about, I guess it was two years ago, we had like a, they call it the snowpocalypse, which was just like a week of snow, and no one knew what to do, so. You know, the grocery stores are empty, and it's the sun's bright and shining right now, but it's like 20 degrees, so.
2: I love yeah, it, <laughs> it seems Not like Kentucky's bad. right on the edge, uh, you know, it's still considered the south, but the moment we get... One to three inches. People stop knowing how to drive and oh, they break out and they buy all the stuff from the stores. <laughs> it's over, dude. <laughs> it's like we like the three inch mark we should be adept at at this point. It happens oh, yeah. every year, multiple times a year. Oh
0: yeah. People lose their minds. But you know School what School always gets
2: canceled. Yep. For Keeps two you alive. Of snow.
0: It makes you feel alive, right?
2: Yeah. That's right. right. Man. That's yeah, right. Yeah,
0: dude. Well, so I guess we would have ran into each other and first met what I think was maybe two years ago. Well, we did a yeah, little run with you guys that sounds right yeah I think we just did a weekend out I don't know if we played one weekend or two weekends together but I want to say it was the, oh I know I know exactly where it was it was uh, we did for sure JJ's live in was it Little Rock F- Fayetteville is that's, it Fayetteville
1: that's like Columbus isn't it
0: oh gosh I don't even know Bum-bum. I'm pretty sure I know we did an Arkansas show because that's the only time I've been to Arkansas best pit yeah, ever had. A, I
1: think it is actually yeah I could yeah. be wrong wherever oh, that dude, was dude.
0: and then uh did you did we do Bethel Woods with you or is that somebody else maybe I can't remember I couldn't tell you but good shows all around either way so uh <laughs> what <laughs> are you <laughs> are you like
1: 0 I, for think, two right I think there? the main thing the main the main <laughs> takeaway that I remember from meeting you was you were wearing a Braves hat
0: oh yeah dude uh, all right. and, and I was
1: and I was also happened to be wearing a Braves hat that day and I was like what the hell
2: Do we just become best friends, dude? I mean, it was either
1: that or like you know. Oh yeah, like who's wearing the hat during the show, you know? But I think we both did it, and it worked out great.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, you know, there's there's room for multiple hats, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody always appreciate
1: a a Braves fan, so that's yeah, good. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, dude. So I guess a long time ago, I stayed in touch, dude, and just following like your your camp's trajectory has been crazy, man. Because those shows were big but i feel like now you guys are doing just across the country arenas right
1: yeah i mean it's 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 everything from like a a nice theater to you know like arrowhead stadium type stuff or like houston rodeo right so and that's it kind of spans a lot of support gigs um you know for like the the stadium stuff is like you know usually like direct support um and then we also tour pretty extensively around that, just as a headliner, and and that's you know a lot of, you know anything from like, used like a minor league hockey arena type setup, right, where it's like ten thousand people, and then everything down and up from there. So, um, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride though, for sure. Um, nice.
0: So you guys I'll, stay stay pretty pretty busy through the year. Um, how long have you been with Parker? Man, it's
1: it's going on. This will be ten years. Um, I think this year. Maybe it was Dude, last right year, on. but I think it was this year. This year's right 10. on, man. That's, that's awesome. yeah, yeah man. that's
0: sick. So I guess for people that maybe don't know about Parker, like I mean, we have we have listeners that are kind of into all genres. But so you guys are Texas based almost entirely. I know your drummer buddy John is out of Nashville, but are you guys officially like a Texas based crew?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have. I think maybe. Our tour manager and our drummer are both based in Nashville right now. And then everybody else is pretty much, I think we have a a couple crew guys out of state that fly in from Oklahoma, but uh, um, everybody else is Texas, you know, pretty much central even, you know, got a couple guys in Houston, a couple guys in Dallas-Fort Worth, I think. But yeah, man, pretty much rolling Texas crew. Dude,
0: nice. nice. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. The Texas music scene is just something that people in Kentucky don't understand. Like, it's just totally a different a different touring, a different ball game and everything. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, it's probably because you never have to really leave the state, you know, like if you don't want to. It's just (laughs) just large enough. It's just there's enough bars and places to sustain just kind of local touring even. You know, we did that for a a few years. It was just, you know, going to Lubbock's an eight-hour drive sometimes. So it's like, (laughs) why go farther?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I've heard over the past few years, a lot of people being like, you know, if you want to be a – if you want to be a musician and get on a tour, like Nashville is kind of old news. A lot of people are heading to heading to Austin or heading to Dallas, like heading to heading to Texas in general. I don't know how how true that rings, but that's what I've always heard. Man, I'm, I'm telling folks to go
1: to Nashville um, at this really? point. Nice. In, a, in a way, I mean, I think that you can tour hard in Texas, and it probably is a it's a one of the best ways to kind of cut your teeth into into living the road life, and, and they can sustain, you know, like bus tours and stuff out of out of Texas. But you know, once we started like renting buses, it was like those are all done mostly in Nashville. You know, if you want to get mm. that set up, and then buses always go home to Nashville. So uh, bus you know, calls just,
2: in Nashville too. I guess. Well,
1: we're we're kind of flying and meeting the buses now because they don't ever come home it seems right. like they're just going from show to show so um yeah you know we'll, we'll fly out to a city and then get picked up on them and then have to ride them around you know show to show and that's almost more enjoyable than flying these days I just look forward to busing getting on the bus and chilling you know yeah so it's, it's been a lot of airport time um but you know it's been it's been cool um but I definitely tell people that you know the some of the musicianship in Nashville, you just you can't find it in Texas, as far as like just throwing a rock and hitting hitting a player, you know. Um mm-hmm. Austin kind of pivots towards that, like just hiring the acoustic guitar guy in the bar window and calling that calling it done now, you know, unfortunately. But there's still a yeah. pretty good vibrant scene. It's just underground more.
2: Yeah, it's like when you're in Nashville, you're like you go to a coffee shop and the barista that just made you coffee is better than you at bass. And you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, or at least yeah, that's I my mean, experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll just run
1: into somebody on a gig that's playing at four p.m. and it's like, damn, okay, like you know, the chops are there for sure. It's like, you know, you know, um, I think it's just saturated more in, in Nashville for sure than, than in Austin, at least.
2: Yeah, me and Nick were talking about also just seeing and uh, some of his recent like playing on Broadway stuff, seeing some big bass players are guys just off of like big big tours that are just back and clocking into their broadway shift not you know i would assume it's not really for the money it's because that's the lifestyle there too yeah there's a certain yeah. like you just go and play and it's fun and you semi wing half of it you know you know all the nashville standards but there's also a lot of just winging it with some great great yeah. musicians that are able to do that totally
1: well, you can make a living too, and you know, playing Nashville. If you work it hard enough on the Broadway scene, even just alone, I mean, you can. There's not really oh, yeah. a residency system like in Austin where you can just go sit there for four hours a couple of days a week and just you know pull in that kind of money. Uh, they just don't pay it, you know. The the, right. the clubs won't. So um, a lot of sound ordinances going on too. You know, like oh, cool yes. downtown venues and they're fighting the city and then you know a year later it gets resolved but that place has already gone out of business by then or some you know stopped having live music so yeah you know it's it's kind of interesting but i I lived there for i guess seven years and we just moved a little farther south and you know it's nice to kind of step back from the city you know the way we have for sure
2: yeah well Let's talk about what's actually on everybody's mind. Uh, gear. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Let's nerd out. Right, it's, time, it's time. No, it's time. So, in my i I became aware of you via Nick, who's like, man, you got to check this guy out. He's awesome, has great tasting gear, insane player. It's true. And, I say that, and so. all those things from afar are absolutely true. So, well, thank you. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm the most curious. You have a lot of uh, amp rigs. Tell tell me about your your preferences in that area. I saw Mesa for a while. I've seen some Jad Freer. I've seen. I don't know. I, I feel like you're you're changing that a lot, and it's it's super cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I guess I'll preface it by saying, like, changing a, your rig in the middle of these tours kind of is it's hard, like from a predictability yeah, totally. standpoint, right? So <laughs> sure. like we we get like a sound the sound check, and then if you want to make a tweak to something. You, you might have a little window like of 10 minutes where you can grab your sound guys and say, all right, how does that sound? You know? And they're like, right, like right. shit, you know, or like, no, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, keep rocking it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We, we had kind of a situation open up on stage where I got to play with some more channels. You know, usually you get that one channel or maybe two if you get like a mic situation in front of house can, can take what he likes. Right. So I ended up was like, man, I'll just, I'll end up by amping these things. I'll start there. I'll try to send them a dry and a wet, you know? So I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll just have the Jad that Sysma amp that they put out, I guess about a year ago. I'm running that like as my clean kind of dry channel, little bit of tube stuff going on, but it's, you know, that little, it's a preamp tube and it just, it breaks up nice when it does kind of smooth little bit of glass on top, but it's, Pretty much a protected dry signal. And then I'll just mm-hmm. goose that Mesa head, like with whatever I can throw into it. I mean, just slam it. And, you know, I guess front of house is just taking a blend, kind of running them parallel. And then as sure. he needs to, if it's a little grindy, he'll, you know, duck some of that out. But um, I've loved that. I mean, it, it, as far as like front of house, he seems to like it. And then my ears just have cleaned up. My ear mix, you know, has just, just turned around nice. a little bit because you can really lean on, you know, that, that wet channel and really s- kind of stick through things, you know.
2: Um, so both of these are DI signals off of yes. the amps? Okay, yeah, they're no, both no straight out at at the all. back of the amp, yeah. And then uh, what, what are you hearing out of your cab? So
1: you know in a perfect world i guess you could kind of have a crossover or like you know have two amps that split the signal and you get both but right now i just complicated
2: have complicated too though <laughs> it,
1: it is you know and so right now i just have the wet the wet signal coming out of it
2: yeah because you really only um, need like you're not listening to it there's no mic on it you need whatever you can feel with your in-ears assuming you're using in-ears yeah yeah
1: no it's it's like i'm on a riser right now and, and sometimes that that my setup is like on that riser with me which is great i mean it's like yeah, you can feel yeah, yeah. you know right under your feet um but the the wet signal retains enough low end that you can feel it like it moves air it's not just totally. you know i'm not it's country music it's not like you know i when i say it's a lot of gain and saturation it's really not a whole lot
0: most <laughs> right, right. people's
1: standards right but for me i was like damn really pushing the envelope here you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, when I but, am fortunate enough to have, like, a, a DI signal, which is, for me, it's off my pedal board, uh, and then there's a rig, but the rig's not mic'd, and there's no DI signal for the mic, I just take out, like, all the highs and just have yeah. it to where it's just, like, kicking kicking my butt every now and then as I play and get it, like, the lowest volume I can stand it, you know? And then usually front yeah. of the house doesn't yell at me either because they never know. Well, yeah, you
1: got to protect the stage volume too, you know? Um, yeah for sure and 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 they don't we have and we have so much distortion, like we have sometimes four guitar players all playing at once and a and a guy on you know keys organ synth yeah. wow, so there's there's so much happening distortion wise already, you know that it's like how much of that do I really want to lean into and contribute to to that yeah. so the the dry signal really is like as long as that's always available, just go nuts and he can just duck out as much of the the wet as he wants, you know from front of house, but you know. For I think for the last two or three years, I was just running them out of that capo, that capo um, mm-hmm. pedal, just the, the direct outs from that. I just had a wet oh, and a dry yeah. straight out, and just kind of looped them a certain way, and and that worked great, you know. Um, but yeah. I just had the the room for the amps, and you know why not kind of use them. So
2: <laughs> where would you find out about? The, also, Jason's the one to remind people who watch our videos. Jason sent us his capo pedal because he liked it so much yeah. and now we both bought
0: one. Let's say evangelizing. I mean, <laughs>
2: that's that's pretty I love
0: that, man. I love it.
2: That's a that's quite the testament yeah. uh, and to it's, how
0: fun it is. Yeah, and it it's funny cuz it seems like you were like just just that much ahead of it cuz now everybody's like in on yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah d- l- lately it's just all these videos and reviews and stuff have just popped We've up. We've
2: never had a pedal review have so many views in 24 hours
0: yeah it's just or
2: 48 hours it's like three 3 three thousand views yeah for a pedal that's a lot
0: for it. yeah like, for and for us because you know we're like we're just a year into this and we were like oh that's man insane but it like like i said it's just like a bunch of people had released about it about now which is funny because it's been out for a minute right i mean you've been yeah. on it for how long
1: a couple of years i mean i i think i stuck it in my board the beginning of our last tour last summer mm. so i mean okay and i was like, I don't know what serial number. I got one sitting over here, but. 13. No, I'm not. I'm mean, that's, <laughs> like that's like the Tim LeFay, you know, he's got yeah, like number yeah. one or something. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you know. But that's kind of how I got into them, honestly, was like, I think I followed Tim. And it was right when they sent him that that pedal. And what initially drew me to it, and this has almost never happened with pedals with me, was the way it looked. I love the aesthetic Same. for some reason. Just, I, it's I not. Too. It, and it really like. It Just was like, man, it's a sharp looking box. And I, I was in the market mm-hmm. for some DIs and kind of preamp stuff. And, um, I mean, I before that I really toured with like a tuner, a tuner into mm-hmm. my amp for about nine you know, probably seven years. I was just, you're getting the, the tone out of the back of the amp, and we're, we're gonna love it, and which is that, sweet. You know?
0: <laughs> it's such a statement. I, I,
1: I mean, maybe that's the way to go too sometimes, you know, um, mm-hmm. like you're working backwards, but. Um, I don't know. It just opened the board up a lot too. I could play with different tones, and and the, the more I looked into it, it, I was like, man, I'll just I'll spring for one. And you're paying like the import tax. It's coming from Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's um, not cheap, huh? but it's not right. No. But you can talk to everyone up and down the company if you have questions. I mean, mm-hmm. they're like they all. And I kind of pitched it to him. I was like, look, man, we're we're touring a lot, and I'd love to to rock it because it it satisfies my need, and you know, I already bought one, mm-hmm. so you know. I just wanted to make contact with them, um, be on their radar a little bit. and Man, I had a husband and wife that kind of man, make and manufacture and design them all. And then, uh, you know, you will probably spoke to Andre. He's he's like the artist guy, the yeah. artist rep guy. And, you know, him and I just have had a dialogue running for, you know, mm-hmm. probably like two years on just like random shit. Like, hey, can I, can I loop it this way? And, you know, is that really like a protected, balanced out on this yeah. side? And, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we'll get right back to you. So...
2: And he's an insane bass player himself. Yeah, he's uh, great. Jazz a lot of times. It seems like yeah. But man, but I
1: mean, like you know, I'm so far from that like world right now. Like the guy, yeah, like same, you know, yeah. the Tim Lafave stuff. You know, it's like he's he's got subs engaged all the time. He's running octaves. You know, yeah. he's got uh, phasing yeah. stuff happening. You know, it's I'm and I'm just so not in that world. But it's just a, I guess a testament to what you can kind of repurpose things to however you want them to if they're smart gear. You know.
2: Oh man, we need no. to we need to get a like peep your settings, uh, uh, post up. We gotta we gotta figure out how you yeah, were dialing yeah, that yeah. in when that was your main uh, main tone source.
0: As I was gonna say, yeah, dude, mine's, yeah, mine's even changed here recently Same. as I have played it more because I haven't actually been out with my Nashville gig at all. Like my all, my road gig, I've just been it's doing closed like, down for the winter. Yeah, buddy, Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doors shut. <laughs> but Same. I mean, I haven't I haven't taken it out on the road at all. But I've uh I've done like uh just like bar stuff and just taking the amp and I literally just take it out out that and then I just dime the amp in the corner and I've been so happy <laughs> like it's yeah. just like kid in a candy shop with it because it's just the grit that it gets in the coolest way I mean saturation yeah. is that word anyways but yes we got to see we got to see those settings
1: <laughs> yeah man yeah I mean it's that's another thing though like it, it it was kind of just a work in progress for about a year because it's you know when double-edged sword when something is hard to get like real bad tones out of you're just constantly Mm -hmm. fucking with it so it's like because it's like man it can go a little bit cooler in that direction you know and like it's got the gain the gain setting on that thing um like people don't let it out of the bag enough you know you got to let that that gain knob fly sometimes oh yeah know.
0: i'm in, i'm much more liberal with it like when you when i set it at home like on just like my like monitors my yamahas i just was like okay this is cool and then i get like in person i'm like oh this is nowhere near like you can you can really get away with a lot because it's like of, smooth yeah. like, i would say it's so unoffensive yeah it's not
2: in some ways it's there i'm not, this isn't a like hating on dark glass or something like that but the dark glass stuff it all has this really specific scoopy distortion sound that is cool for some stuff especially sometimes like pick playing that might get a little you know whatever unpredictable we get that scrape in there yeah Yeah, yeah. it's like this is the opposite of the dark glass sound (laughs) i feel like uh
1: yeah no i mean it and for a while i had a, a like a i guess it's like a vintage deluxe dark glass like that big silver box um Uh i had that with like as my kind of more like heavy distortion you know a little more grease setting and i was like man it's a big box and i already have the di and you know it's another two knob pedal and you know i was only using it for a couple of tunes and so i you know i leaned into like that b-side that kind of fat distortion and, and added a little bit of that you know like you're using i use it more like as a clean boost now um for like when oh, i'm yeah. playing kind of pick stuff you know or lose a little bit of ass um, uh-huh. on songs you know with just kind of heavy pick playing so totally. um, that's kind
2: of how i used I mean, it last weekend too yeah
0: yeah i mean right. and you're t- you're taking it straight off off just straight out the di right or you take it out yeah. your noble i oh, can't remember this which is, uh sh- he's like scheme he's like chefing like this yeah. recipe with the most expensive preamps possible i'm like
2: <laughs> i'm i'm in the midst of a pedal board build or planning a pedal board build it's and a scheme it's, it's also crazy how expensive it's gotten like just the wire and the connectors yeah. man um oh, yeah. so now i've i'm not pulling the trigger on it just yet but i'm planning anyway I've always been a noble preamp guy still mm-hmm. am. I think the, the capo complements the noble. Um, and in the studio, it seems like people are more willing to have the noble be my tube DI. And then I'll run that into my like B15 and it's what everybody expects, but I'm able to kind of secretly juice the B15 a little bit and with a different kind of EQ to make it a little bit more modern feeling. So I like that as my front end, and it's kind of that whole concept of buffering, like going right into a big old tube amp. The Noble is going right into my tube amp, you know. Yeah. with a, I do have a tuner in front of it, but it's a Peterson, and so like you can hear the relay click off when it gets out of the way of the signal, which is pretty awesome. So, all that to say. <laughs> Since I've not had a pedal board set up recently, I realized I don't really have a power supply because my Noble was my power supply.
0: This is crazy.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> I have I have a couple instances of showing up somewhere with a and Trader my,
0: Joe's bag, well, and, 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 with a little like
2: canvas <laughs> tote, which I've never thought I'd actually use. One of these free uh. canvas totes people give. Yeah, <laughs> I spill my pedals out real quick, and my noble has been my power supply. Just like Before all the, it hasn't even been in the chain. I'm it's just just like three grand mile, worth of pedals in a bag, like a
0: loose lunchbox. And I'm just oh, like, man. oh no! I got we got another buddy. Same. It was like a church morning. It was a like Sunday morning. Pulls a quad cortex. Out of a yeah. of a guitar <laughs> gig bag, like you guys are crazy,
2: dude. Oh man, it's just a bunch of people trying to be hipsters. We're, we're just all like coming to yeah, my Somebody, with our somebody tote bags. punched through a
1: wall just hearing that you use that for extra yeah. power. So someone on like a seven year waiting list, just yes, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know? Yes, dude, they're just
0: just mistreating yeah. the noble while they're just waiting. Yeah, a seven year waiting list, yeah, and man, they that's paid a... the five hundred dollars rush fee. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, insane.
2: But that is a
1: testament, you know, like you're saying that people expect the noble sound, but they also just don't see, you know, eight knobs on a on a box and go like shit, you know. It's right. It's just not a. It, to your point, it's a, an expected tone kind of thing. It's just a totally. And it is. It's always it's always usable. So. I
2: certainly rolled my eyes at all the options at first. I was like, yeah, I like I I'm more and more into the simple pedals, and then I just. The first thing that got me was the EQ points are are really great. I think the base frequency is at like 80. I think the yeah. base frequency of the Noble is at like 60 or whatever an SVT base knob is. But like to me it's like reinterpreting some of the magic of like an SVT that I really enjoy because it's like yeah, if the base knob is boosting like 40 or 60, something like that, like super low the 810 cab it's paired with could never really replicate those frequencies very well. So they come out as something different, something a little mm-hmm. bit higher because it's rolling the extreme subs off. I mean, yeah. uh, 810 does not go as low as you, no. do you do. Like you have Mesa 212s. Was that what you uh, use? Yeah, I'm doing a
1: 212 setup. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I bet the, an, an Ampeg 810, the old, old ones do not even go as low as what your rig is right now, you know?
1: I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it.
2: It's an interesting uh uh base frequency space to, <laughs> to navigate. But well, like they the, and they,
1: they they rip off a lot of like API um style stuff too, well like with their EQ, yeah, which I, I like. I mean, you right? don't see that you don't see a ton of that like we got this from when you think bass tone, you're not always thinking like API. Yeah.
2: But, <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Um but it just it's it's just a good like you're saying, I mean, it just it's smart. It's like I think on the Sysma amp, they do, it's like the volume is like calibrated a certain way. So like most amps, you know, like as soon as you get to like noon, you may be at like 70% already. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of a loudness game. Like, you know, the the knobs aren't always, you know, aren't that accurate in this thing. I mean, like you just keep turning knobs. And if you're a tactile knob guy, man, I mean, it just, you know. That's actually my, so. my game yeah, tag exactly. on
0: Xbox is Tactile Knob Guy. <laughs> is it oh, really? Man, no, no, I need to steal that. I'm out there Rocket League just killing Tactile Knob Guy. I was like, man, that's I knew you guys were a little name. bit
1: nerdy, but yeah, damn, um, <laughs> Nick.
0: Nah, tactile Knob, dude. man. Tactile Knob Guy. No, nah, dude. We, we're trying to figure out a way to get a hold of one of those sismas because we are both so yeah. interested in that They made stuff. The,
2: the Coda is like just a power amp, pr- practically. Yeah. Sisma. Yeah. They bill as a B15 front end API EQ mm-hmm. situation. Um, yeah, it's not it's not that loud, right? Is that correct? Or like not super high wattage? I want to say maybe it's like seven hundred. Oh, okay, that's enough for me personally.
1: Yeah, I've dude, I've never gotten. Oh. I mean, oh yeah. Again, you're talking, you know, protecting stage volume. I mean, if, if it's something that needs to like be the the moving force behind that your show you know if you're not running if you got really weak subs or something i mean and you have to goose it i've never even taken it that far i mean i just yeah um i've never needed too much more than it than it's had i mean i think the the cab i have is like yeah. rated for a thousand maybe and it's just never even come close to needing nice needing more than what it's had i mean so
2: yeah they just came uh, out with that big tube amp too i know this is like we didn't intend for this entire episode to be chad freer just propaganda (laughs) propaganda (laughs) (laughs) but it is really cool stuff no it's i mean
1: you know i don't know it's a it i like not working with like you know you go to a huge company and you try to like promote yourself as an artist and like how many views do you have on or how many followers and i'm just like man i'm not i'm running in such a different direction that Mm -hmm. yeah i just like the the fact that they're a small company that makes good shit like totally, and there's plenty of good preamp options out there. Like you know, yeah, um, yeah
2: like if, as if we needed no. another preamp. <laughs> yeah, man, it's an and, enigma with bass
1: players. They're just yeah. they're, they're so hyper focused on preamps. So I guess yeah. that's a testament to like how our instrument lends itself to effects. But <laughs>
2: totally, and and it's such a like feel thing too. Like you yeah. just never yeah. notice that the preamp imparts a feel while you're playing that can't. You know, when you AB test stuff. Sometimes you can't always tell much of a difference between two really high-end things, but they feel different. Like I feel like when I plug into a Noble, it has like a a squishy thing. I don't really know how else to describe it. <laughs> it does like a I don't know. It it makes me f- it feel the bass different that I really like, uh, and I still like enough to not give up but I want to use them in tandem and see if I'm getting the best of both worlds and have that Noble be my clean and push push the capo. Uh, but that Volta uh, tube amp is very interesting to me, but I... i Me someone, as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, I will say I'm someone that really, really likes the EQ concept of the littler amp with the API style thing. And it's only, I think, Passive bass treble on the Volta, um, man. If they make one of those with the same EQ section, mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been a uh, try to sell my SVT moment potentially. <laughs> but man, I j-
0: so you you. Carson, I needed you, a you Travel not with
1: to. an SVT? Are you pretty much sometimes, on the sometimes?
0: With- it depends, dude. Sometimes I'll be like, do you take the SVT? I'll be like, no. no. <laughs> well. Right now it's broken, and it's been broken. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. That's so crazy. Uh,
2: yeah, it's uh We'll see what happens. I have it at a um, uh, British Audio in Nashville right now. Uh, Mr. JT Cure from Chris Stapleton's band suggested that's where he takes his stuff. Um, honestly, with SVTs amps in general, but I. There's no fixing a lot of the Class D amp stuff right now. It's just like a a one time use thing. If it gets wrecked, usually it's not too expensive to just like completely drain your bank account. You just throw it away and get another one, or try to send it back to the manufacturer. Maybe for the new chip, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like a one time use thing, which I really hate that about the state of technology, but. Uh, the SVT has seemed to max out the Lexington techs. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: we've, we've never had great amp techs around here anyways. A lot of them, they'll like it, but they'll, or they'll do it, but they'll complain a lot or they'll only do it for a couple years and then they'll just, they'll either quit entirely and like want to fix laptops only or something like that. Or they'll be like, I'm just going to make my own amp company and I'm not taking repairs that are not my amps that come through, which I totally understand. Like it's, it's difficult. And the SVT is a incredibly complicated circuit. It is just hard to work on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think it's over engineering is also part of its charm. And anyway, all that to say I love the EQ on an SVT. It's really cool. It's really flexible. It does kind of a different thing. Uh, I have not taken it out very much because this particular one that I have from the 70s breaks all the time. And so this is kind of my last hurrah of taking it to British audio. I hope (laughs) that there's maybe like some kind of reliability mods they can do. I've kind of Googled around and like talk based a little bit about it. you like, Hey, does anybody know like just to make this Magnavox era SVT a little bit more stable. And I haven't really come up with specific things. So I'm hoping British audio lines me out, but it's freaking heavy. And I don't like, you know, I'm not in the position where I can ask somebody to, to or sorry, where I have like a stage hand to always help me grab it. And I really hate asking my band members to like, hey, will you grab a hand on this? I know that's kind of dumb, but we're in a van. We don't yeah. even have a trailer right now. And so yeah. Yeah. I don't like having to ask people. And I don't have it in a road case because it's already freaking heavy. And it's already it, what,
1: like 90 pounds? Yeah, so the yeah. flight case on that thing is going to be another that's one. That's what they so. say Brutal. they
2: are. That's what the new ones say they are. I <laughs> It feels way heavier than 90 pounds. <laughs> I don't know how to... I don't know if mine Sword is a Sword to stone, like dude. Thor's extra hammer. <laughs> heavy. It is... Maybe it's like how far you have to bend over with your back if it's all the way on the floor and not even on a cab. Maybe that's why it feels extra heavy. But that's it feels a, that's like... That's the thing. I think me. it's
1: like the words to whiz by, to live by. It's just like, man don't let that thing hit the ground. So like, just keep it, keep it yeah, in your cab
2: or yeah. find
1: a way for it to travel that you're never having to really use the back, you know? Yeah. Cause,
2: but I mean, you but, walk into a venue venue, if there's a foldy table, I can't trust that foldy table. No. <laughs> so, no.
1: so, even a wooden ta- even a wooden table to some degree is not going to have the stay in power for those things. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, so
2: I'm, I'm pretty close to resigning it into the studio only. Um, MPEG made a 212 AV cab within the last few years that can take pretty much the full power of a clean-ish SVT. And so that is a really great studio rig. It still is a little loud, but it's not like 810 loud. So I yeah. I can safely put a microphone on it. Um, mm. I just, it would be a major bummer to resign it to the studio. I, I'd be debating on selling it at that point because I have a, a B15 but if I'm honest, I do like the recorded sound of an SVT a little better than a B15. It's got that like somewhere between clean and dirty hi-fi thing that you can do, yeah. and that's always my favorite
0: tone uh, from them. It's uh, really funny hearing amp people talk about amps because I'm just like, what's that like? Like, I, I, the only time I bring <laughs> an amp is is bar stuff around town, like on the road. I just I don't fool with it. I, I mean, I should. Just the board. It's just the board, dude. I got too yeah. much to do to bring an amp. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I've got I've got the I don't know if you know about them, but these like Laney Nexus cabs, which are like they're Linexed oh, yeah. and they dude, they sound phenomenal. But like they're they're just not specific sizes. Like their four ten is still not like a typical four ten. So I can't really just order like a case. For a four ten, right. and it for right. sure fit the way that it needs to fit, and actually protect it. So, and you never get dude. your money back oh, on yeah. that stuff. No. Cases
1: are just the most, like the least fun thing to go out and buy. too. oh my and gosh, they, you yeah. know, to buy a good one, you, you're going to you're talking about, you know, sometimes like mine, mine costs as much as the amp I bought, like I have in it to totally. get an, an enclosure for it all, you know, and you have a full <laughs> live-in like, rig, man. It's all one, yeah. Nice. it's just like the clamshell. So there's like the I yeah. got like maybe. I don't know how many rack space above the the actual cab is mm-hmm. sitting in there, but yeah, my our crew was like, "Man, you get, don't make us move two things, like <laughs> just make us move the one thing." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice,
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, keep, it, keep uh, them happy. So, does it live in Nashville or do you get it back to Texas?
1: I I, I it hadn't been in my house. I don't think it's been in this house ever cool. since I've been <laughs> in this house. You know, I mean, yeah. just, I think that SISMA had showed up, and I had about a week to kind of play with it. And then it went in the rack and then, yeah, it's just, it's been in a trailer for probably, you know, frozen for the last.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: So, How's your, uh, reliability for that kind of stuff? Like, have you, has any of the amps gone down or.
1: Man, I've never had an amp really go down on me, uh, during a show. It's awesome. To date, you know, um, definitely like have start wireless knocking. issues. <laughs> definitely have some wireless sure. stuff, you know, that, yeah. that. You can't you can't avoid it, man. It's just going to yeah. happen, you know. Um, yeah, especially but, if
0: you're doing these downtown arenas. I mean, that's when I see it the most. Yeah, you
1: have like RF, and like we, we like yeah. last year we added like some kind of video wall stuff, right? Well, it's just I'm right I'm right in front of it. Yeah, and when all those are firing, <laughs> man, you you know, like I have a, a base with a like a one of those Dark Star humbucker, like those Curtis Novak looking things. Yeah,
2: those are cool.
1: They're sick, man, and but it grabs that. It just, it Uh picks up so much noise, you know? Um, Yeah. And we kind of tracked it back to a few things, but it's just, you know, the tour is going to, the production on that thing is going to be what it is. So, you know.
2: Yeah, I picked up a, we have a couple songs that kind of call for a bass six. So I just picked up a, it's it's an Eastwood TB64. It's like a, there was a Japanese Tiesco, Tesco, a uh, company that was making, you know, some weirder competitors for Fender back in the back of the day and this is like a recreation of that. All that to say, the pickups are really low output and all the base 6 pickups including Fender are very hummy. They are not hum-canceling at all. And so yeah. I used the Bass 6 through my bass rig on a couple tunes that are moderately slow. <laughs> And right when that volume goes Mm -hmm. up,
0: oh, it just comes back, dude. It's a wave behind you, (laughs) and to to the
2: amount that it's distracting, to the amount that I've had somebody in the audience ask me if something went wrong, and now I'm like, and you're like, a crap
0: message received.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So now I got to gut gut the thing, yeah,
0: dude. It's I feel like it's really funny. Like I've always been like a strat guy uh, when I do guitar stuff and I'll have the same rig. It's like just like a pretty standard, like normal drives, not a huge board, straight into a deluxe with the Strat. Some days it's like, fine, doable. Like you're going to get the hum a little bit, right? But then some days, same place. And then all of a sudden, as you turn, you're yeah, just yeah. pulling in one the bull and just like all these like <laughs> radius, And you're like, man, literally like across town, I had none of this, yeah. but something in this spot, is just completely disagreeing with these pickups like it's just ridiculous that it's such a it's like above science and understanding like at some point (laughs) i don't get it well i mean
1: it it is man and like our our uh monitor guy is is just you know he's just picking up signal i mean he just constantly scanning stuff and we play down by the border enough you know where there's big towers and there's weird there's weird stuff happening at the border folks <laughs> yeah. and it's just it's got to do with the rf signals no, uh, but <laughs> we've got it <laughs> uh it, it man you'll just be you'll be money during sound check and then you'll put the packs on pre-show and yep. you're like you man, you're like okay they're you know they're assembling or you know <laughs> there's stuff happening you know it, you yeah. just can't get rid of it and it's just yeah. every channel your space for that gets gets shrinks and then when you have four bands and they're all running wireless, and your space shrinks even more, and mm-hmm. you know, so that's and always it, fun to fight with. But half um, a
2: billion like cell phones have entered your venue between sound yeah. check and mm. no, yeah. no fun.
0: Yeah, dude, wireless is a a fickle uh, mistress. Yeah, fickle mistress. Speaking of fickle mistresses, let's talk about bases. Let's talk about old <laughs> bases, <laughs> dude. We were talking a little bit, uh, you know, before we started rolling of like just when you, when you do like U S touring and you like pop out in like certain different States, like the climate is just so different and there's like no way to prepare a base for like Florida versus the dryness of Vegas versus back to Charleston, like South Carolina. Like w- what, what are we working with?
1: Man. Um, yeah. So I'm, the Charleston thing is, is real. Cause we had that <laughs> last gosh. year and it, 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 we played like a tennis, a nice like tennis stadium, over there and it rained nice. I think all pre-show and then the sun came out. Right. So it just <laughs> made everything nice and, and sweltering hot.
2: Credit one, uh yeah, one? I think that's One. I played there, yeah. yeah it's and it also place. uh rained and it was yeah insane. If you're playing
1: there anywhere in the spring and summer, man, it's it's gonna, you know, it's gonna mess you up a little bit. I mean, you like you know, we have like these little rosin kind of sticks. You can like buy them like a I don't know what they're called, but we live and die by them, and you just Rub a little rosin on your hand or something just to kind of
2: oh, uh, keep this like fast fret kind of stuff. No, it's oh.
1: it's not like a liquid or it's not oily, it's like a like rosin powder, like you know, like okay. base players or like a baseball player's like pitchers just throwing you know, yeah. having the mound for like their hands, and it just uh-huh. you know, I'm not one of those guys that like sands all my necks down. To to nothing, you know, like immediately. Um, Don't tell them. Prob- <laughs> I probably I probably should, but I mean, no, that's me. There's a little. There's sometimes a little gloss on there, which means you get a little gunk on there. So, uh-huh. um, oh yeah,
0: dude. No, dude. There's South Carolina is just like so swampy it hurts. It differs a lot
2: too. Like near the beach, and then you're inland a little bit, and phew. Greenville or something. It's way different.
0: It's I mean, mountains. We always talk about it, but I I always make it a point to like. I, I can't bring myself to bring like really nice instruments on the road fully knowing that like one day you're going to go back and pick it up and it will literally feel like someone dumped water on it. Like I just <laughs> yeah. have so much trouble bringing something crazy. Like I know you guys are into the vintage thing and I wish I could be, but I'm just like I can't do it. I'm just like don't buy it if you're not going to play it. Oh, I can't do it. Dude. I, that's where I am. I just bring an, I just bring an American p bass that if somebody literally walked up, looked me dead in the eyes and snapped it on their leg, I'd be like it's an american p-base dude. We'll we'll get another one.
1: <laughs> well, I mean if you I, I think if you're going to tour hard, you have to have a a-base like that. Yeah. Whether it's a p-base or you know, Carson, I see you rocking the Yamaha stuff, but those, yeah. you know, those have pretty good staying power usually. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they're they built do. well. So, you got to have one in the quiver and then like I do some stuff. We have some songs that I ha- I have like a D standard tuning in um, just for a little more kind of nice. low end ass and, you know, some, op- I don't, I try to stay away from playing like open strings too much, but you know, these, those G threes we were talking about, man, they just kind of sing in that lower register a little bit more. Yeah, dude. Um, But again, I mean, those are, I think ones like, I think I have like an 83 and a 78 and the truss rods have gotten so slack that you just, you know, like you're saying, if you go from like a coast to anywhere dry, mm-hmm. con- you know, within a day or two, man, you're you're looking at some adjustments. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like how bad do I Texas. really want to work
1: on my <laughs> vine- my own vintage gear and you know, mess with the truss rods more than a couple of half turns? I mean, like you know, they yeah. got to the point where I don't know if you know truss rod stuff, but when you're making like half turns,
0: oh
2: yeah, you
1: know, just walk away and have have an expert look at it, you know, so.
2: That's how that's how I feel. Do you guys have a guitar tech? Uh, you probably do, but it sounds like you have a lot of guitars. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we have like like we band. have. A, right now, we have a tech on either side of the stage, just because of okay. how many we have. a We hired a utility guy named, named Will Knack, and he joined up and is playing steel dobro guitars. Nice. I mean, a, lots of stuff. So there's there's enough changes where we had to have. Not mm-hmm. if not nothing else, just for the handoff or you know, just to switch guitars on stage, but um, I don't really change strings, um, so you neither know, do we. To, my guy's pretty, pretty happy with me on that side, um, but you know, it's just major adjustments, right? Like, you can't really do f- big fret yeah. work, and even like you know, stuff like that on the road is just tough, so I always yeah. have like at least a p bass that I know will just withstand it, and it's. Like an American special, I think the one I play the most now. It's not even like a high end one. It's like yeah. like a weird honey burst color, and you know, I think it was like yeah. you, can, you can get one for like a thousand bucks on reverb right now. I feel mm-hmm. like you know, but it's just it sounds cool. It's like got the old grease bucket system that like Highway One used to try to throw in stuff, uh-huh. which is you know, I don't think it's snake oil, but you know, they use too many words to describe what it does. I think, yeah, um, but. I'll always bring a fun bass or two, and I hope it. I hope they'll last through the year, but they usually don't. You know, the <laughs> older stuff just moves around too much. You know, yeah, and yeah. For us, it's it's been just trying to stay consistently the same. Like as far as something you're comfortable with, what uh, all the other guys are comfortable with, what Parker's used to hearing. You know, totally. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, throwing in like a whole different bass tone, like for even Parker. You know, as a singer, he he kind of sings on on bass notes sometimes nice kind of as a reference point you know and so if you're if you're throwing out like the g3 tone after you've been playing a p bass you know for the last six months you'll mm-hmm. look back and be like, what the fuck <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 yeah dude totally so but, uh way back when we met what we can't decide was maybe two years ago in an undisclosed arkansas city <laughs> uh i'm sure it's fayetteville now i'm dead positive uh i believe that you were on Lakeland, but at some point that we've played together, you've been playing Lakelands, and I was playing Lakelands, and now I'm not. Where have you? Like, do you still play Lakelands? Are they still in your rotation, or have you kind of, kind of moved to something different?
1: I have that probably the same one we that you saw It was like a like a PJ. Yeah. You had like the five string, yeah. um, humbucker, like soap bar, right? Yeah. Or was had, it like the, I had
0: a 5502? Well, I still do, and I'm desperately trying to sell it. <laughs> But uh, then I I also picked up just, like, their version of, like, the Telly bass, which... Yeah. Dude, it's like BMWs. I couldn't tell you the model name at all. It's just numbers. But it's <laughs> right. a, it was a Telly bass uh, with, like, a precision base, And that one, I thought, sounded phenomenal, but it's, again, Florida ruined it. So it mm. just... The neck, dude, just kept going up and up and up. And I was, like, looking. I was like, man, you could really fit, like, a fist under that action. It's so bad. And I just... Yeah. I couldn't lower it to get in. And it was just... It was angry, so... Got rid of that one too. But yeah, but,
1: yeah. I, I I've been rocking like the P like just the PJ combo, like Bob glob looking kind of oh, yeah. bass that they make, and totally. I like it. I don't. I can't say I love it. Um, it's not like the American custom totally. stuff that they do, right? So totally. that, I can't really say. I the stuff I've played that they do, custom shop is, is you know phenomenal. But so the, it's like the Skyline, skyline series, or yeah. mm-hmm. well, I think what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Skyline. Um. It's a backup base. you know. Yeah. I put quarter, I put like quarter pounders in it because the pickups that had were weak, and that was a bad idea. I think pretty bad matchup. and I, I just don't do well with the, the quarter pounder stuff either. But really, the Seymour Duncan stuff—I don't know why, man. Maybe it's me, mm. but some people swear by them. Some people are like, "Ooh," um, mm-hmm. but eh, yeah, it's like know. a backup. Ba- it's like a tuned down backup base for me now. Um, you cool. know, it's—I don't miss it as much on the road when I'm home. You know, so. <clears throat> Yeah, that's, I mean, that was a problem for me. Was like, man, you take all your fun stuff out, and then you're left with nothing at home. Right. When you are home to kind of you know
0: yeah record
1: something or, or play around a little bit.
0: That's true. Yeah.
2: Tell me about your uh your cat bass that I see in the background. How do you like that?
1: Man, I I dig it. I yeah. dig it. It's uh I guess they just made like another one with like three pickups right yeah and this is not that one this is the the pick the humbucker one and it's it's cool man it's got a a pretty vibey thing to it it's it's like the lightest bass it's like picking up a dan electro Uh nice it's the lightest thing i've ever seen man and that that was weird for me just to like have it in your hands and um i'm not a huge short scale guy but it's that like that real dubby thuddy tone that just nails Uh it
2: what is your uh in, in your experience, when you think of a short-scale instrument, see, I, I haven't played enough of them to really know what it's doing. Like, what do you, what do you think is the feel of a short-scale instrument?
1: Well, I mean, for the first thing that I always notice is how like floppy they feel, like the string, like the tension's mm-hmm. lower, right? So it's uh-huh. like everything just moves so much more. And I, I pretty much use like low-tension strings, not low-tension, but they're not real heavy on any of my standard stuff, but I think the tone wise, like the, the low end is heavier. Uh-huh. There's a little more like low indie stuff happening. And I don't know if it's cause it's like the oscillation of the shorter string or what it is. I mean, you'll have to sure. ask a smarter man than me, but um, I feel like people don't always know how to mix that. Fair. Like it's a, yeah. you know, mixing, totally. mixing a lot of low end stuff is kind of like more of a big boy job. It's like, it takes some, knowing how to do and and i yeah. feel like just running out with a, a short scale and saying done might not be the safest thing for anything i was doing you know but sure, they're, yeah. they're cool it's worth having one you know if you can pick one up for cheap just to kind of play on it's definitely a tone that you can't you know get with
2: mm-hmm.
1: some standard tuned bases you know scale bases so
2: i'm at this kind of weird crossroads where um i was always playing ernie ball cobalt uh, round wounds. That was usually my, my pick that I really enjoyed. Um, at, at like a medium high gauge, not the lightest, certainly not the biggest. Um, and really, when I play stainless strings, it was less bad on the Ernie Balls, but I, I would still get a little bit of a rattle because of how hard I play sometimes, and so your action just goes up a little bit, and usually you try to avoid it. Sometimes that's character, but I get, I get weird about that kind of stuff. Um, I have noticed on the short scales I have picked up, I've had a way higher rate of success finding one that doesn't vibrate under my fingers. It feels like that energy with it being low tension, I would expect it to be worse. I would expect I would just like maul it, play it as hard as I do sometimes. But it like dissipates in a really different way that I didn't expect. And also, I didn't realize how low tension strings have also... I thought they would just rattle more, but in my experience, for the way I play, they've rattled a little bit less.
1: Yeah, and you you talk, I guess, with tension, too, like, there's gauge and then there's tension, and they're not necessarily, like, synonymous with each other, like, Mm -hmm. the thicker string might not be the heavier tension, per se, or maybe not as much as you would think, so. Right, but I, I I felt the same way, man, because I, I thought I was just going to get up there and ham fist this damn thing like a guitar, like a right. bass player, you know, trying to pick up a guitar because it feels like that, mm-hmm. that scale. I mean, the body's real short on this one. Like even Mustangs, you know, they got kind of a squatty little body and they you know they sit, sit on your lap a little different, too. I mean, right. um, totally. But yeah, you, I mean, they're just a vibe-y, vibey instrument, man. Like you could, you know, they sound cool through effects, too, sometimes. I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: a little more little more muscle behind them sometimes going into like like fuzz and stuff too mm-hmm. um
2: it's like a, a less it's like a less complex high end like overtone it's like a little more i don't know i i hear people say focused it's like a little bit more fundamental less like top end fuss that can sometimes sometimes people know how to mix it sometimes all they know how to do is roll it all off and yeah. so you you just you know that yeah. that brilliant top end kind of thing that's been my feeling at least
0: yeah it's funny i feel like with the mustangs like i was always when i would see them i was playing guitar in this indie band so like indie bass players were like i've got to get the short scale mustang like it's all about the mustang but then like you're kind of saying it's sort of i don't know people are always pairing it with these effects so then you're creating like a totally different thing in general. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like the Mustang just like brings something out of people.
2: I, th- I think too, it's that one pickup sound. Hmm. Sometimes maybe it's a little bit of two pickup, but I have certainly had like the EHX uh, micro synth uh, pedal. All the worship guys love that pedal. They do. My It would freak out on me if I was using a two pickup bass and round wounds. Like, those things, like, a really consistent, sometimes flats. Like, I'm sure you can do it with rounds, but if it's, like, a P bass with no back pickup, the OC3, the OC2, the yeah. HX, like, that's what they like.
1: Yeah. If you
2: if you confuse it with, like, the two pickup or, like, a heavily EQ yeah. sound. They track they a just lot like, better on those, yeah. Yeah, they just, like... You hear them like auto tuning, like yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I guess that kind of gets us into a spot. We haven't really talked about what else is sitting on your board. Like, are you one of those guys that's like, yeah, I got a phaser on there, or are you kind of keeping keeping it simple, uh, like on top Man, of the Man, that phaser just stunned. <laughs>
1: um, I I try to keep the fun stuff at the house, you know. Um, probably better <laughs> no probably fun on better. the road. No, I mean just better for everyone that way, you know. I mean, it's like yeah. why I don't know. Um, I usually, I, I'm kind of talking about not even using compression next year, like nice. not even adding a compressor to it. We throw it, it back I and mean, forth
0: all the time. Yeah. We I just don't know. I how use much it very lightly,
2: very lightly.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's bass, man. It's like, it's not the most dynamic instrument if you're playing it. hundred you know, percent. like it's not that like, we like to think like, oh yeah. man, like it's going to tame my, my playing, but man, like if you need that much help nope. doing that to your playing,
2: yeah. I you agree. know, it, it is yeah. it's like
1: a fail safe in a way, I guess, you know, um, to some degree, but like front of house is gonna have hopefully some kind of fail safe compression on or a limiter of some mm-hmm. sort, you know, anyway. I mean, yeah. So and you I sh- think Oh, you go ahead. Yeah. No, but like I saw y'all y'all talking about I had that API compressor, that transformer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have that one and I like it just to, to grab like some of that transformer muscle. Yeah. yeah you know, kind of at the end and I'm not really, I don't even really like compression at the very end of things, but I just liked it kind of in that spot. Um,
0: no, that's cool. Yeah. Care
1: of that. More, more is just like a very nuanced tone
2: thing. Um It does. Add a tone. I like happening. the tone more than I maybe even like the compression from it. I yeah. like how it sounds when it's on.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, yeah, get it as transparent as you can mm-hmm. with the compression settings and just let it go through it. I mean, yeah. um yeah, That's they're great. How I I used
0: it. Yeah, they're great circuits. I mean, the API stuff doesn't miss. Like it's yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting. I I wonder
2: if they've ever. I mean, the the big thing they made the transformer big guy that I was using for a long time was really fun with that EQ on there and stuff. Um, they, I mean, I understand why they redesigned it into two little pedals, but the big one was really cool. It had a lot of a lot of charm, and it certainly sounded. Yeah really good uh, man, but,
1: I, I like that it comes with an inspection tag on it and like <laughs> yeah. i had like a you know it looked at by this per i don't know like that for me that's getting pedals that have kind of that you know level of just a the yeah. thought put into it and like a company like api i just know my money's like uh, i don't feel like i'm getting fleeced even though it's expensive oh, yeah. stuff sometimes you know it's like totally. man they're they're they got it dialed in but Mm-hmm. man I've, I've been i've been running through i got about 15 distortion fuzz kind of overdrive pedals <laughs> sitting around my house i got way more than i need so i need another one like a fucking black eye but <laughs> um i've been running this one it's like guy in belgium that makes him called like
2: cmc prototype i was about to ask you about that
1: yeah yeah CMC yeah CMC audio um and for some reason and i i've been able to kind of get a higher level of it, it can even get like rat tony if you Use it nice. right.
0: Mm-hmm. Super cool.
1: Um, but it's he, he kind of found like a fixed ratio of clean to distort it, you know, like to clean, to, to dry to wet ratio, I guess. And instead of giving you like a blend knob and he was just like, that's what it's going to be. So for me, when wow. I find those, like like we were talking about with a lot of knobs, you know, I, I like a little baked in tone too, you know, and there's yeah, some really. knobs on that one, but it's it, they're all real usable. And I've been finding that as like a cool way to add some grease to it. Is that a fuzz
2: um, or is it an overdrive? You probably said that, but or somewhere. And it's in like
1: a it's like a drive that it's like based on like those. I'm gonna say this wrong. Like the I think it's a red llama CMOS type kind okay. of fuzz. Yeah, or, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's based on like that kind of circuitry, I think. Nice, mm-hmm. but with a little kind of different spin-offs With like you know, he can. There's like some scooping options, and if you like want to take right. low mids out of your distortion. Right. Like it'll protect the clean tone, but the, you'll only kind of tweak the distortion if you want to like get that really like like, shit, that. like that kind of you know two two tone sound you know that yeah. Yeah. like the Tim Commerford old stuff you know yeah. like you're hearing it yeah. and it's like damn that's so I've been I've been I've been living with that one pretty much and like that and some of the saturation out of the capo or like I have one sitting here it's called an organ grinder some guy named greg lounsbury makes these in like maryland and i i just love it it's like it's like playing through a little amp like just on its own so super um, cool i don't know and that's like that's got two knobs on it you know so
2: yeah i was like so you're mostly an overdrive fuzz guy like that's Uh, yeah and like kind of stacking
1: them too you know Um, oh yeah so like stack in with the two channel setup you know you have a lot more freedom you can kind of harass your sound guy with a lot more abrasive stuff if you want to because he can you know you know he can fall back on the clean one you know so oh yeah right right. i mean just finding ways to kind of make order of pedals that kind of play nice with each other and Mm -hmm. you know noise is a big thing on our side too because we have a lot of you know we don't run any tracks or anything so parker might just be talking for five minutes and it's you know if there's people's fuzzes are turning off you know because they're about to yeah. dive into the next song and you know you got to click them <laughs> on like I, I just haven't had any problems with too much of that luckily yeah. and love that. um i'll probably throw a compressor on there because i have the board space and yeah. don't want it to go to waste but um my board's gonna look a lot more complicated than it is for sure
0: um, <laughs> That's what it's all about, right? It really is, man. (laughs) Juking people out. Throw the API on, throw the Noble, they'll they'll look at it. Right. And they'll give you their respect. Yeah, put a a ready on it. Just just a a, full Avalon on the bottom. Yeah, with the Avalon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's something I picked up on the cheap that I was looking for for a while. It's called a a bug crusher. Okay. Like a little bit. It's a bit crusher. Okay. It's like...
2: I like bit it's, crushers it, a lot.
1: It's actually. not digital though. It's analog. So I don't know nice. how they achieve it, but
2: huh. it's
1: a little noisy, but man, like you can a little bit of bit crushing, because sounds pretty cool on, on base as like a means of getting some, yeah. some breakup. And nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lean into it too much or, you know, show up at your next show with one by any means, <laughs> <laughs> if no, you haven't played with it. But
2: honestly, when I was, when I experimented with a bit crusher, I had the, um, uh, there's like a source audio multi-effects synthesizer pedal that's just one pedal spot. Uh, but you can like use your phone to load up presets on the pedal. That's so source um, audio. Yeah, it is very source audio. Uh, <laughs> but I was just playing one time and I was going through and I found a Bit Crusher. I was like, oh, this actually sounds fantastic because I was not getting along with the EHX-based micro Uh, and, but there's this one particular sound that everybody likes it to do. And I felt like I could make a bit crusher, make that micro synth sound, uh, without any of the drawbacks. The biggest drawback being you can't use anything below a low a on any of the octave pedals. Mm -hmm. And so I could put on a bit crusher and have a five string and go like low, low, low. And it was like my last chorus little little kick sometimes Dude,
1: and, and those things like like shoved into an octave pedal like you're saying like if you have whatever one you want i mean it, it they sound huge yeah i mean real yeah, real yeah. big and, and they have like that fizzy tone kind of that swirls around the top end i mean it mm-hmm. you know yeah i'm sure i'm sure it'd give people fits out front but i mean it to me it's yeah. a really cool effect and if you can kind of blend those in in a smart way i mean i, I haven't really i haven't seen a ton of guys mm-hmm. do it like in a live application but
2: Yeah. I feel feel like a lot of people, I think you can hide it. I think you can, nobody would ever know, but I have noticed the psychology of it of like, do not turn that pedal on and noodle before the show. (laughs) Cause everyone would be like, what are you doing? That sounds like total crap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, that's funny though. Cause I feel like, you know, maybe in like the way that your mind would think you're like last course, like I need that boost. And you'd be like, I just need to like open up the floodgates. But realistically the boost we're looking for is to narrow our band. Sometimes. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like if, if that's really what it's doing, I mean, that would be cutting off like the ends of the wavelengths really. Right.
2: Well, it's like a weird, it's like the, the issue you would have when you haven't turned your sample rate on correctly on your interface and then you listen to it through a lot. It's like, like, a bit crush is like a sample rate mismatch almost. Like, it's, I don't know, you'd think mm-hmm. of it like digital. Yeah, uh, like,
1: degrades yeah. it, really, like, the, yeah. the quality of it. So, like, you know, like, those old, like, Nintendo games, like, that oh, kind of yeah. crunchy, eight-bit. like, 8-bit yeah. oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? So, so uh, and I don't know what the hell this thing does as far as, like, if it goes to 6-bits or, you know, 7-bits oh, yeah. or what. But, I right. mean, it's just got a, a blend knob on it, so you can just you know you can goose it and just let it ride i mean but nice. again I, I think it's a cool thing but yeah. i don't know man i got a prunes and custard sitting over there like one of those kind of filtery distortion things i don't know if you've ever seen cool. those uh-uh. they're kind of cool they are checking out some guy i think he's out of new zealand but um i don't know i have like a running list of pedals that i'm just kind of looking at getting <laughs> as they surface that are like kind of hard to come by and you know i get lucky every so often and
2: I'm not a connoisseur yeah. of fuzz at all, but the Team Awesome fuzz machine is really freaking cool. Uh, but that guy has apparently fallen off the face of the earth. He just, like, st- he's not, well, someone said online at least that he's not dead, but, like. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, a lot of pedal guys are falling off the earth, I feel like. yeah,
2: like, Yeah, Jeez. supposedly he's not dead. <laughs> he lives in Philly and has a different job, but he just stopped. Websites live instagram's live has not posted a single thing uh does not post on his personal instagram just like walked away from it one day and then of course in in typical you know reverb talk based fashion that the value just goes way up because everyone was kind yeah. of talking about it, it'd be like if if the capo or capo if if they just woke up today and goes and hey, we're done but de- didn't say anything <laughs> it'd be the yep. same
0: situation <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's a I fascinating know, uh, pedal world out there. Yeah. I, I really need to get into this stuff because honestly, like the drive I get, like when I've been playing these bars, I really just take my Laney, but I put a uh, VT bass in the loop of it. Yeah. And I'm able to mix it in in like a super fun way. But before I was really, I was, I used to run two channels and I'd send that VT bass like crushed, like, like absolutely slammed because honestly, I think the hair on the sands amp stuff is so cool it especially is really when you complement it with just like a tube like beef like right like i think i think it's so yeah. cool like timeless isn't the right word but it will be a cool sound forever like it's <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe it is time i don't know whatever no i think but it's timeless yeah, i just I agree, don't yeah i don't end up adding a lot of drive through the board r- usually like I, I don't know i think so long so oh I don't know. I've just been afraid of like like really crushing some of the low end. But now I'm like, I think I want to ruin some of the low end. Sometimes I I think I can. Like Like, I think I can tighten it. Yeah, I think I can put it through just like a tube screamer. Like I think I can. I've got like a morning glory, like the JHS on my board, super light, super transparent. But you're like on my guitar board, and I'm like, why don't I yank that off and throw it on, or like you know, just some kind of something. I'm like, I, I think I'm more okay with it these days. I really need to get into this world. Yeah, just not being, yeah. like, afraid. <laughs> I mean, like kind We are talking like about it.
1: it. I mean, with the, cape, with the Capo stuff, I mean, it's like, it, kind of the, what we're dealing with now is, like, you, you play a big stadium, if it's, like, inside, they're not going to use low end no, in, in the no, mix. No. I mean, you have kick drum, and you have maybe, like, some like floor tom hitting every now and then. And then, like, mm-hmm. what bass is going to be used in that mix that's not going to be just garbage sounding is going to be, like, some of those distortion overtones in like the last four speakers of the split out front. You know what I mean? Like you're just maybe some high mid stuff that that he can fit, but I mean, you're just, there's too much stuff happening. So like a clean, a big, clean, boomy tone is just going to hurt, you know, hurt me in that regard.
0: I totally agree.
1: But then the the, the next week you might need to actually have like a, like a theater show where you have, way less drive and distortion on that, you know? So I think the key there is just, is for sure finding like a nice blend or somewhere you can protect a little bit of your, your low end. But I mean, yeah, I've, I've rarely had a guy ask me for more low end out front, (laughs) you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They're never like, man, goose that thing a little more, please. Um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, unfortunately we have to wrap up. I do have one kind of last question and you kind of are already flirting with it, but, in, in a band the size that you're playing in and using in-ears and that kind of stuff, what have you learned about your tone and what tone a bass player... Well, most bass players should probably approach a big band like that with. Is it using overdrive? Is it using EQ? Are you boosting mids? That kind of thing.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's like I'm on a support role, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, we have a, a band full of lead players and I'm not one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So right, bass, right. And bass and drums need to kind of just, that consistency, is, I guess, is is key there. So like a nice, consistent tone that's not going to throw people off. Um, and of course, you have your own levels on on in-ears, right? Um, I've learned that like my best tone in a mix sounds like dog shit on its own. I mean, yeah. it's gross.
0: That's a big moment in a trajectory. It's gross <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, like you'll be sitting there grooving with the tone that you have in your in your room, or you know, even just on stage, and it's it sounds good and fat and warm and stuff. And like, man, fat and warm is not heard a a whole lot in like bigger shows. True, you know. I mean, it's just not. And that's that's where that's my world where I come from. So I had to kind of learn how to just add a little more harshness to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and play with the pick when it calls for it. Even though I, I, you know, I was so against it for a while, you know, trying to be a purist, but. That and just and just learning how to listen, man.
2: Do you the, think that ends up with more like a, that high midy area is, or low midy, or are you scooping some of the muddy mid out? And
1: yeah, I, I think I think high mids and and like uh, you know I don't know it's a fine line between making that sound like horrible and good, but right. um, the, the, you know, there's that range where all all the instruments are kind of jumbled up with mud and, and you're not going to be priority number one on your front of house guys mix. Like, right. yeah, I got to make this bass player shine, you know? So, <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's thankless work, boys. You know how it goes sometimes, <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> <Old> buddy, <laughs> some of us are cut out for it. Some of us aren't, you know, um, <laughs> but just knowing when to, li- to talk to your front of house guys, man, like sound guys, even if mm. they're, even if you think they're an idiot, like the rent a guy that's just there to get your, you through your show, just, talk to sound people, like Mm -hmm. figure out what's being used. And, um, you know, your band, your bandmates are a good reference point for that too. Sometimes.
0: Totally. Sometimes We always say just like body, body with whoever's running the board. We've talked about that so many times. Oh dude. Because it's like, it's crucial. Universal. (laughs) That's great advice. I've
2: never seen like a clickbait bullshit YouTube video. That's like, uh, Talk to your sound. <laughs> what bass players need to know. Five tins, No, man. Finger, you want, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Talk no, to your but, sound guy.
1: <laughs> you know, they want somebody jump, jumping in with all the, you know, as many expressions as they can make all at once, you know, as <laughs> they're playing you know. It's just, I don't know. I, ain't, know. I ain't the one for that, man. But Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much yeah, for man. hanging out with us. Man, thank y'all for having me. This thank you fun. for sending us the Jad Freer pedal to check out in yes. the first place. Uh, we're too super kind. thankful for you and, and your early support of the show, too. Like This hey, has man, been long yeah. overdue, and we're honored that you came.
1: No, uh, again, man. Anytime, and I'll I'll send you guys a little care package with some pedals sometime. I'm sure I have oh, some. Oh man, <laughs> you're
0: gonna cost it's me so lot, much money, so. bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're ruining the <laughs> wallet. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, and I, I guarantee we'll bump into each other eventually. But next time you're around, we'll get you in person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Till next time.
2: Yeah.
0: See y'all.